1: right now they are running a buy one get one offer hurry to smileactives.com slash iheart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling you can rent a car a house even that little black party dress so why not rent the stuff you need for your home too the place to do it is errands choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love online or in store pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever But if life changes, you can return it any time or even upgrade it with something new. Rent
0: what you need. It's better at errands.
2: Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.
0: All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera, Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
2: And now, move
0: the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Stick. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, uh, we've been traveling. We've been on the road. Mm-hmm. Do you have flashbacks? Do you have any scouting flashbacks? I had one I'll tell you about.
3: Um, let's see. What flashbacks did I have? The only flashback that I had when, when I was in Minneapolis, um, got in kind of late. Uh, the hotel where I stayed in is attached to Mall of America. Yep. So I had had an opportunity to make, a as you would love this, a Chick-fil-A run. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, made a little Chick-fil-A run. And then they had like a little donut shop there, the duck donuts, uh, going nice. there to get a donut from scratch. And then DJ, you know what? Called it a night. It was just like, was just like on the road. Didn't have to venture anywhere. Everything was right there. So it was kind of cool. Uh, the facility was like five minutes away from where I stayed. Easy peasy.
2: Yeah. I hit Chick-fil-A twice. I hit Chick-fil-A uh-huh. twice I when I was on the road. You believe that. Uh, I'll give you my moment. I, I've told you this before. Uh, Ron Marcinac, who was a legendary old scout with the Ravens, he used to always keep notes on tr- on his visits and where to park and who the liaison was and who the academic advisor was and what time they usually have practice. He had a note on every school. And then I remember he would have hotel grades on every where he would <laughs> stay. And the hotel grade, you would think you would do a hotel grade off the bed, the service, the location, the parking, the valet. No, no, no. It was one 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 criteria. It was the thickness of the towels. <laughs> and I had to stay out in Latrobe. I'm not going to put the hotel on blast, but it was not a, you know, it wasn't a big hotel. It was a thin towel, Buck. It was a very thin towel. And I remember yeah. thinking like, yeah, Coach Ron, he's, this is off the list. He's not, he's no, not staying there again.
3: Not very absorbent. That would be a problem. No. There'd be a little problem. No, You yeah, almost I,
2: need two of them when you get out of the shower. Like, this thing's already soaked. Like, yeah, <laughs> so. uh, but anyway, it's so a fun, fun uh, trips. We're going to get to all of our stops and what we learned at the places we uh, and teams we visited with. Uh, we'll get to all that in just a moment. But I, I do want to start out. We always keep, a you know, a little bit of a, a, a toe in the college game as we're going through the year. Obviously, we're we'll talking about a lot of the kids as we get towards the draft. But big picture college football, we saw major uh, upheaval, which has happened a bunch over the last few years. Uh, The Pac-12, technically, I guess, still exists. There's four teams left. Um, We saw Mass Exodus to the Big 12. We saw Oregon and Washington go to the Big 10. Um, Your thoughts from a personnel side, and then maybe we'll get to the fan perspective, but just from a personnel side.
3: Okay, see, DJ, so now what you've done for me, I'm just thinking from an area scout, right? Yeah. When you're an area scout and you're out west, like you had all of the conference, right? Back then, we would have like the Mountain West, the WAC, the PAC. You, you would take care of all those, and you can see all those schools. It was rare that one of those schools kind of fell outside your jurisdiction. Well, now imagine being a West Coast Scout. You have uh, USC, UCLA, but now you got all these Big Ten schools. Yep. And so now, does that mean, hey, I'm a cross check the Big Ten schools, like all this other stuff? Like before, where we would switch areas, does that expand what my responsibilities are in terms of that? I just, I just think it makes it, it makes it crazier. And now also you have the Big 12. And so DJ, what used to be a thing when you would grade, like you kind of knew, like, hey, DJ's out west. I know what his, his 7-0 in the Pac-12 is my blankety blank in the SEC. Because you, you kind of understand who they're playing against now. But DJ, now you're gonna have basically like two, maybe three area scouts responsible for the same conference. And depending on how everyone kind of views the game, like those grades within those conferences can be a little challenging when it comes to it. And it may not make sense on a bigger thing, but I think you understand when it comes to like now we have two guys working in the same conference and we're seeing different schools at some point we might have to match that up so we can get a balance in the grades when it comes to the final, the final stuff when we're kind of stacking the board. It's a good point.
2: Um, You know, you're going to have a lot of different eyeballs on players. I think earlier in the process, whereas we would get to that later. You know, because we're going to see a lot of scouting. You'll go to live games, body type guys, see guys. It's going to save on travel for, you know, for the higher up guys. So if you're a cross checker, if you're a national scout, a college director, what have you, you're going to see more good players coming into your area as opposed to having to fan out to go see all these guys. One of my first thoughts, Buck, was we talked about this with SC and UCLA going to the Big Ten which was man it's hard, it's kind of been hard the last couple of years to evaluate offense and defensive linemen in the pack because they weren't seen as many NFL linemen in their mm-hmm. in their conference schedule. Now they step out of conference and you'll see in a game against LSU or this team or that team. okay, you can, you can find out. We were like, oh man, this is great for Scouts because now we're going to see SC go up against NFL offensive tackles mm-hmm. and we're going to see you know the other side of the ball as well. It's going to help with the evaluation process with them getting more NFL players in, in competition. I was thinking of the big 12. Remember, we've talked about the Big 12. its it, let, Let's let it loose, man. They're throwing the ball over the place. It is high-powered offense. They kind of set the trend for where college football went with mm-hmm. the spread and the air raid. All that stuff kind of came out of that part of the country with that with those offenses. I think it's great. You take Utah. It's like, hey, we these Big 12 offenses, I don't know if he can play. Is he good? Is he not good? Well, you're going to find out because they play Utah, they're going to find out because those are rugged NFL players. They're tough. And now you're going to get to see these guys go up against them uh, on a yearly basis. So I I think from an evaluator standpoint, you can see more teams without having to go out. And you're going to see good on good more more so. I think it's going to – we'll see what happens with the conference schedule, how many conference games these these conferences are going to end up playing. I would imagine with the expanded playoffs, I think they'll probably play more conference games. It makes more sense because, hey, if we lose one, our season's not over. But we can share that revenue um, and, you know, have good quality opponents. We'll put more people in the stands versus yep. playing some cupcakes. I think it's going to be – personally, I think this could be bad for some of the uh, schools outside the Power Five. They're going to have – I think they're going to have a tough time getting some of these games if these conference games expand.
3: No, they, they are going to have some some tough times uh, getting that. But uh, going back to what you talk about, personnel and how it impacts it. Uh, we have seen in the last few years the Big 12, you couldn't get defenders that were draftable. Remember, yeah. I think there were years where they didn't have any defenders like go to the combine, not many, if any, mm-hmm. went to the combine. Well, now that changes. Utah comes in. Uh, I think what Arizona, Arizona State yep. comes in there. So it will changed. Colorado there now, too. Colorado. So that will changed that dynamic a little bit. I also think it had changed the way that people play. Somebody's going to have to adapt and adjust. So either mm-hmm. Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State are going to have to adapt and become more wide open like the rest of the Pac-12. Or their kind of slow down, beat you up style is going to force the, the, the Big 12 to kind of change. Uh, when it comes to Oregon and Washington joining USC, UCLA, making a move to the Big 10. To me now, that's when it becomes really interesting. Because yeah. these games that would have been uh, what, non-league games, they become really interesting to see Michigan go to UW. To see mm-hmm. great, they're great play.
2: matchups, like awesome matchups. Yes
3: yeah so so now, within the conference, you're talking about some heavy hitters, and the way they divvy that game up if they have the conference title game, I mean, you have some big, huge games, and so, uh, look, I hate it for the schools like look Wazoo being uh, out. Or Oregon state, state. state Wazo they no, got I, those. I, I, Stanford I, and I, Cal. We don't know what's gonna happen with them. I hate it for them, but on the bigger picture thing, you talk about being able to put these loaded conferences, it'll be tough. Now, you gotta deal with the travel. I don't Mm -hmm. know how, from the budget standpoint, how they're going to deal with the travel. But, I mean, you talk about some head-knocker games with those four teams from the pack joining. Man. Mm Oregon Washington this
2: but but at least like for those other sports outside of football now like now you can make a legit west coast swing it's not just sc and ucla now you can just go up and hit you know Oregon Washington and you just kind of have that's your week you know if you're playing basketball or whatever you are probably out there for a week hitting those four teams
3: so what I wonder I, I was because Red was with Mr. Big Ten and I was mm-hmm. like you know what I wonder like the way that conference is stretched out from C to C in basketball I just think about man you know what they could do they could post up in Chicago for, like, a big weekend and have a couple yeah. teams play at a neutral site. Cut the travel That's down.
2: That's a great idea. You know what
3: I'm saying? Like, you can have not, like, not, not a tournament, but you can have, like, many invitationals, and you could do a, a few different things or whatever. Never. But, DJ, there's no reason why they couldn't do some of that in football. You think about the great arenas. Like, you think about Lucas Overfield and what they could do in Indianapolis. I know they have their conference championship game, but how about we have some double headers? you mm. know, where you have a couple fun. of teams there – If you think outside the box, it really opens up what you can create if you're talking about, hey, man, let's get all eyes on our conference. Do something a little different than we've seen before and do it that way. I I think that stuff could be fun.
2: It feels like eventually we'll see probably the ACC get pilfered and then you'll see those kind of splinter a little bit. And then we're going to be left with the two and it's, it's going to be the NFL. It's the AFC and it's the NFC. It's the SEC and the big 10. And then you got to go through the playoffs on your side to come out the champion here, come out the champion here. And that seems like that's the playoff. I mean, that seems like that's where that's
3: headed. To me in a perfect world, you would just have like four big conferences, right? Yeah. Like, so if the ACC can hang, but like the problem. There's no you, way,
2: though. There's too many teams now in those other two
3: conferences. I know in a perfect world you did. But, yeah, if it breaks up to two, you have that. And if you make it like the NFL, like how many teams go in the playoffs? 14? I mean, I think yeah. you, can do, you can do the same thing there. You have your playoffs and it becomes the college football version of the Super Bowl run um, mm-hmm. and do it that way. It Look, I know it's bad in the immediate because you're like, oh, tradition and all that. And that part is bad. Yes, it is. But the ball is going to be so much better because now yeah. in conference, I want to see good on good. I want to see the best teams have to play each other, and so that's yeah. the only way to get it. Well, here's I, here's my question:
2: out. I don't. I'm not taking a shot at Washington State. They've had some good teams there over the years. But if I'm if I'm a Washington fan and be like, oh, you know, you're going to the people say you're losing the rivalry. It's Washington, Washington State. Like really? Like you tell me I get to have Ohio State come here? Like. I'm paying for my season tickets. I'd rather go watch the Huskies Ohio play State, the Buckeyes, Ohio
3: State, Penn State. Yeah, Michigan. heck yeah! Man, we even get Wisconsin to come? I mean, you have some some names now. You probably won't be as excited if like Rutgers has to make the trip and some You're of those one. things. But yeah, I mean, it's a little it's a little different. But those heavy hitters when they're on your schedule every two three years, no. I mean, it's, it's going to be worth the price of admission
2: yeah so anyways big big shakeup there uh, in college football but we've got a lot of NFL we want to get to uh, with our training camp swing so let's just take a quick break we'll come back and we'll get to those trips now is the time to accelerate innovation T-Mobile for business is
0: powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure reliable 5G connectivity because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace See what our 5G Advanced Network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Go to blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures.
2: All right, Buck, uh, I know I, I'm going to – I have not asked you this, so I'm going to jump on the first question here with the, our stops because San Francisco, you got a chance to, uh, to go up there and watch that group. I want first impressions. I want quarterback uh, feedback, and I want um, – if you were able to dig in a little bit on something we've talked about in the past, which is I think the greatest rivalry in the NFL right now that nobody knows is the greatest rivalry between the 49ers and the Eagles. Go.
3: Oh, yeah, DJ. Uh, first things first, first time I've been to San Francisco in a long time. And, DJ, when you walk out, uh, you remember the feeling that you would get when you would go to SC when it was in its prime or Alabama where it just looks different? Mm -hmm. DJ, they built different now. Mm -hmm. They are bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, they are – when you look at them, you see, oh, okay, this is how it goes. Because I'm there with Leslie Frazier, and I was asking Coach Frazier, like, hey, Coach, when you look at the team, is like as a coach in the NFL, did you have a way that you wanted your team to look? He was, oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that get off the bus test matters. DJ, they are built. I mean, they built like superheroes. I mean, from mm-hmm. Debo Samuel to Trent Williams to Fred Warner, they have a collection of prototypes out there. Christian McCaffrey. And when you watch them work, uh, they work at a pace that you understand how and why they beat teams up.
2: You mm-hmm. know,
3: you talk to their, their coaches and they're like, Hey man, this is just kind of the program that is in place. And, they're young enough where everyone just jumps on board. DJ, there's a level of physicality to their practices that kind of take your breath away. like whoo. And it wasn't a, a heavy day, but you could tell that they get after it. And what was funny is going to the Niners after visiting the Minnesota Vikings, I guess last year they had a joint practice and everybody talked about how the Vikings were like, whoa, whoa, that's a different, little different. different level, different level different level of intensity and those things. And for the Niners, they're like, I mean, we just do what we do. And so they say that when they have joint practices, a lot of time it ends up in some kerfuffles because people are adjusting to how they get down to physicality and stuff. Uh, they look good. So as it relates to the quarterback, Brock Purdy was able to throw and run, do do his thing a little bit. So you got a chance to see that. Uh, Trey Lance was in the mix and doing that. But I'm going to be honest with you, the conversation is Sam Darnold. Really? Yeah, the conversation is about Sam Darnold's talent, uh, the reclamation project that he could be, uh, the lessons that the Niners learned, and we always react to that. When you get beat a certain way in the playoffs, it changes the way that you approach it. The fact that they were able, they had to finish a championship game without a quarterback, they never want that to happen again. So, DJ, even if it's, hey, man, we'll keep Purdy, Lance, and Darnold, we're prepared to do that. We will never right. be in a situation where we don't have a quarterback that can get us through a game and mm-hmm. not just a, like, a take the snap or whatever. But DJ, they lost the championship game because they lost their quarterbacks. Not saying no. that Philly wasn't a better team, but they had no chance. No. And so I just think that they are taking the mindset we are going to make sure that we're deep and talented at the quarterback position. And they feel like Sam Darnold has a chance to end their system with their coaching. To maybe realize some of the potential that he displayed when he was at SC.
2: That's fascinating, man. Uh, anything on Trey at all in terms of progress there?
3: You know, it's hard. Like, so got a chance to watch him throw it around, and I feel bad for him because, man, any errant pass. Oh, that's going getting posted. Notes are yeah. scribbled. Uh, he he was fine running the offense and doing those things. I would say that the difference in Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has a, a command and a confidence that he's playing with where he doesn't have the outward uncertainty that is clouding his play. I think there's some uncertainty in Trey Lance's play. Some of that is probably the confidence, the outside noise, and those things. He's not quite 100% decisive and definitive when it comes to, I'm going with the ball here right now. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy has that. Sam Darnold has that. But, DJ, we would say experience gives you the opportunity to do that. Both of those guys – Purdy came with a lot of experience from college. Yeah. Sam Darnold's played a lot of ball in the pros. It's just different levels to it. Yeah, that's that's interesting.
2: Um, good stuff there. Any other any other takeaways? Any of the young guys? How about how about uh, Ayuk? Because you talked about kind of mm. special guys with his length and his athleticism, and we saw it last well, year. This could just be going. just
3: I would say just the, the versatility and the interchangeability of their wide receivers, Debo Ayuk. Uh, I mean, even some of the other guys. They got Willie Snead out there. They got I mean, they have a bunch of big bodies that mm. are kind of floating and moving around. And the one thing, when you go all in on drafting and signing prototypes, they all look like they can play. Now we'll see if they all can play. But from one to one hundred or one to ninety, DJ, all the guys look like they're they're ready. They, there wasn't anyone who was like, ah, he's yeah, he's just a camp body. And so it they looked apart. But yeah, Brandon, I look like he, he's ready to. To pop and he and Debo, the competition that they have in that wide receiver room, I think that brings out the best in them.
2: Nice. Um, I was out at Philly, and that was the first stop on this last little tour. And we were set up in the parking lot, so I didn't get to see a stitch of practice. So after practice is over, got a chance to go talk to everybody in the personnel department, talk to you know players, coaches, everybody. Kind of get a good sense of, of where everything is and, and some of the takeaways there uh deandre swift's gonna catch a zillion balls out of the backfield so oh, i can i can believe it he's gonna be a big part of their passing game uh so that's that they said aj brown is on another level from where he was last year the familiarity think about how good he was last year now there's a the familiarity aj told me he's like look me and Jalen are best friends like they they throw together the whole off season like they're they're on the same page so yeah AJ Brown early, take him early is what I'm getting to in uh, in fantasy. He'll put up big numbers from that standpoint. Um, but depth offensive line, defensive line. I, they were showing me some plays on their phones of Jalen Carter, and I, I, I guess some of the some of it, some of the uh, reaction Philly has been, oh, he hasn't done something, or he hasn't flashed this set. And the other, I'm like, well, I don't know. I saw a couple plays on the phone, and that looks like some freaky stuff. What I saw. Um, so that that ability is all in there. Jordan Davis is kind of taking the next step as well. One of the takeaways I got. Um, which I, I want to get your take on is talking about, they have like seven Alabama guys and seven Georgia guys. Right. Mm. So I was talking to, to, uh, to someone on the field and I said, and I was like, man, look, all these Georgia guys, always Alabama guys. So, you know, the great thing about it, two things, number one, they all know how to practice. So they're like the guys in the front seven. know you don't touch the quarterback. Like you don't have to yell at them for that kind of stuff. Like they just, they know how to pro practice in terms of how you take care of each other, but you go hard. And he said, the other thing is, because those programs are so deep and so loaded, you know what? I'm a little sore today. I'm going to take a couple days off. "Mm -mm. No, you're not, because the guy behind you might take your job and you aren't getting it back. He said, these guys all push through like the training camp nicks and and bumps and bruises that other guys kind of shut things down and are very cautious. He's like, these guys don't do that, man. Like they practice hard and they are always in fear of the guy behind them.
3: You know, uh, there's a thing in John Fox, when I was with the Carolina Panthers, he was big on, I mean, we want to draft guys from winning programs, you know, winners win, DJ. And Mm -hmm. because once you crack the code on winning, you kind of know what it takes. And if you have a team full of guys that have cracked it in terms of they've won at a high level, it, it, it kind of permeates your entire team. And so let's think about the Eagles, right? And Jalen Hurts. To me, man, Jalen Hurts, I know he finished at Oklahoma, but he's epitome of Nick Saban and the process. And every time he talks uh, in the presser, it is all about, hey, man, we got to focus on what's right here in front of us. We can't worry about all that other stuff. we got to be locked in, the standard, all those things. And so when you have, I mean, you just talked about 14 guys from either Alabama or Georgia. What is spoken about at Georgia is very similar to what is talked about and discussed at Alabama. And so now you have a team full of guys who understand what it's like to win and win all the time. With well, DJ, there's some satisfaction in knowing. Oh, there's not going to be no complacency here. We're looking for consistency over complacency. We mm-hmm. want to consistently play at this top level, so we can go back and do the stuff that we did last year. To me, that is worth its weight in gold. And so, if you can have a team with guys that get it, oh man, it gives you a chance to have a team that is always in that conversation, being a title contender.
2: What are your thoughts on on coaching your best player hard? Because I was I wasn't out there during this portion of practice. It was much talked about from everybody after practice. But I guess there was a play. I think they were in a 2 minute in doing a 2 minute drill and Hurts where they needed maybe 5 yards, 10 yards to to be in field goal range in the clock's winding down and he takes off and runs and he goes, you know, 20 yards. And then I think he went down. I don't think he gave the ball right back to the official. And I guess Sirianni just unloaded on him, mm-hmm. you know, like basically everything, like, you know, no awareness, like this is selfish, yeah. get your get down, get the ball to the official, you don't need those extra yards, just went off on him to the point. And I guess Hertz maybe said a little something back, but then it stopped. And then Jalen went and did some pushups on the side, like on his own, like a little self-punishment thing. I'm sure he's probably done that his whole career. But, um, and we talked to Sirianni after practice and he talked about how you know we coach everybody hard, and you know? we you know it doesn't matter who it is. And the good thing is we've got guys with that take it that know understand. Mm-hmm. And and there's an intensity to it. But I was thinking, I mean, you hear all those stories about Belichick, how hard he would get on Tom Brady, and the message that that sends to the rest of the room was like, holy crud! Like Tom Brady's getting that. Like who and who I am, I better I better be on my my uh, dot my eyes and cross my t's here.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's everything, DJ. The best thing that your best player can do it is allow you to coach him. You know, mm-hmm. all the great coaches. Popovich talked about that in basketball. Bill Belichick, certainly we understand Tom Brady allowed him to coach him hard and do those things. Because, you know, once the money is paid, because Jalen Hurst, once he signs that big deal, he can say, hey, coach, look, you're not going to yeah. talk to me. like mm-hmm. We need to do it. But in taking that, it allows Nick Sirianni to set the standard for everybody else. Because everyone knows QB1 is everything in Philadelphia. And if he can get on... Him like that, he can get on any of us. And what you also want is you want your best player to understand, hey, man, situational focus, understand what we're doing and why we're doing it because now it empowers him to get on others who aren't doing those things in that situation. So I love it, but to do it, coaching players got to have a great relationship. So Nick Sirianni has to always work on that relationship so it doesn't become personal. Mm-hmm. It is just a professional conversation, not a personal one. And so if you can get to that part where Jalen knows that Nick really cares about him as the person, well, then you can take the hard coach because, you know, this is in the, my best interest to be the best player that I can be. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. And I think that's huge. I think you talk about the Spurs and Popovich. Like, I think you probably go to a lot of different sports and find that connection between the, your best player and your lead and your coach and what that relationship looks like and how that sets the tone. It really does. sets tone for the entire organization. Um, one of the takeaway from Eagles and we'll get on to Steelers, but looking out at the roster, just going through it. Everything. I mean, they're in great shape depth everywhere. The one position uh, is safety where they've got a bunch of names. They've got a bunch of solids, you know, like maybe you mm-hmm. can say there's some reds, you know, some red players in there. Um, but I, I don't, there's no elite players. There's no special players. And Sydney Brown, I think has got a chance to be really good. The rookie from, from Illinois. Uh, it's like Kayvon Wallace. They've got a bunch mm-hmm. of guys but there's nobody that I'm like, man, if you're if this is like all in push Super Bowl, you know, this is kind of getting towards the end of, of Lane Johnson. This is kind of getting towards the end of Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. Like this is kind of that last push for that group. I don't see Howie sitting on his hands here if that is a position that's not where it needs to be. So that was one. He's always got to move in season pre right before the season mm-hmm. or in the middle. Like that's the one position I would just I wouldn't sleep on. That's not from talking to anybody. That's just from me kind of
3: observing the situation. No, nah, it's unfortunate because they had a guy there and, you know, he, he's, he's in Detroit now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who played, a, a, look, a big part of their defensive success in terms of how he played that role. But you got to find someone who can do it. And so, DJ, we know this and let's let uh, the fans in on a little inside, a little behind the scenes. Here's what happens. All these things that are on the depth chart, they're all great. The first mm-hmm. preseason game, it all changes. And so if you have young guys that you're counting on, if they don't play well in that debut, I can guarantee you next Monday, there's going to be some vets in, in Gray's working out for the team, getting ready. And so Mm -hmm. you just have to understand people have talked about the preseason doesn't matter, but I've never seen the depth chart change more than between weeks one and weeks two. And so everyone needs to be on notice. This is a huge debut performance for all the young guys. They need to perform well to retain their spots within the rotation.
2: No doubt. Um, I want to get to the Steelers. So one chance to go there, it's a good looking team. It was a great practice. And I, I, I found myself watching the head coach almost more than the team because I had never been to their training camp before. I've had yeah. a visit scheduled there, but I just have it, it, weather and it didn't, it didn't work out. So it's my first time seeing a Mike Tomlin practice, which by the way, I, I posted some nice things about him. And oh, I, saw I saw
3: you, I saw you mad
2: at you. People are mad at, at you. you. Like, are we really, we, we really have people that exist that don't think Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Like what, yeah. What what, what, are we, what are we doing here? Come on now. Uh, but anyways, you get out there, and let me give you a, 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 a story real quick. I'll start at the end of practice. So I'm talking with Joey Porter Jr. after practice. They had the scrimmage the night before, 14,000 fans, like the big scrimmage. So I'm coming in the next day, me and James Palmer. So we're talking. We're like, man, they had a scrimmage last night. Like, what are they going to do? This is going to be helmets, walkthrough, you know, corrections, you know, whatever. We get there, Buck, full pads. They're going to the, their team periods. they're going to the ground. It is intense one-on-one periods. I mean, intense um, competition everywhere you look. Tomlin teaching, you know, getting his hands in every position, teaching, pushing, uh, all that stuff. It was a hard practice, man. And so I asked Porter after practice, I said, what was, uh, God, he's like, how are you feeling? He's like, man, I'm, I'm toast. <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted. He's like, I got to get in the tub. I got to get in the cold tub. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm sore, so I so said, "What did coach say to you? You guys had a scrimmage last night. What did he say to you about coming back today?" And he said, "He told us before practice, I'm going to find out two things. I'm going to find out who loves football and who's comfortable being uncomfortable." And I thought, "Golly, that's a great. Those are two great lines uh, with that." And I, I'm like, "Dude, there's there's a reason. There's never like it's not a coincidence. This guy's never had a losing season. Like this is tried and true old school football that they're that they're incorporating up there in Pittsburgh."
3: Yeah, they they are doing it, DJ. And so there are a couple of things. You know it because of your time in Baltimore. You know when you look at the schedule and it says the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know what kind of game that you're in for. I know when I was with the Green Bay Packers, we knew when we played them just before Mike Tomlin, but when the Steelers show up, it's going to be a, a, a hard nose. It's going to be a physical game. And the only way to build that kind of team, even in this era where you're not, you don't have as many padded practices, there are restrictions on how you can practice – The only way to build a team that can play on the edges, man, you got to be a physical team. You got to practice in pads. You got to do all that other stuff. Because if not, when you get into game action, you can't just flip the switch and say, hey, we're going to be the bullet. This is something that's honed and refined and worked on away from the ring.
2: Yeah, well, it's true. And there's no secret to it. There's no secret sauce. It's work. Um, But there was a, uh, a great example. They're doing one on ones. It's backs and tight ends versus linebackers, edge rushers. And so they have uh, the rookie, Darnell Washington, who by the way, he's listed at 264 buck. He's probably closer to 290. He's enormous. Uh, so you've got him and you've got Nick Herbig, uh, you know, his brother Nate is on the on the offside. Nick, the the rookie at a Wisconsin edge rusher, a little undersized. So they're going up against each other, one on one pass rush. First time, uh, Washington just stones him. Darnell Washington just stones him. So they got Tomlin's there. And he goes like blows the whistle one blows the whistle, so that's one blow one blow of the whistle. Okay, you guys are doing it again. So Herbig comes back. Herbig on this one leverages him, gets underneath him, mm-hmm. gets underneath him, gets him off balance, gets him off his pegs, and wins. So now Tomlin, who's got the whistle, blows the whistle ten times. Ten oh. times, Buck. So you got fourteen thousand. At this at this practice uh, maybe. Eight to 10,000 fans, I don't know, t- thousands of fans up in the stands. You've got the practice spread out all over the place. And uh, he blows the whistle 10 times. Well, what happens when that happens? Every eye in the whole stadium goes to, where's this whistle coming from? What's going on? And everybody that's in those groups, if you're part of those two position groups, it's like, oh, this is different. The head coach is here, just blew the whistle a million times and goes, we're going to settle this thing right now, rep, rep three. And so they go and Darnell Washington, he tries to win outside and Darnell Washington just takes him. And you just, Tom, I'm standing right there. And Tom just goes, drag his to the other field. Like basically like, don't stop blocking him. Just keep dragging him all the way over to the other field. And he did, they finished the rep. So, I mean, I'm watching this and I'm going, okay. People think, ah, it's uh, hokey one-on-ones and everybody does one-on-ones and, you know, competition at every camp. Like just because he's blowing the whistle that I'm all, well, in one of the reps, he was right before that or right after that. Najee Harris is in one-on-one. He goes to punch. He lunges, Buck. He's on the ground, right? He misses. He's on the deck. He got immediately, got up just like through like a chicken wing to try and just get some part of the edge rusher as he was getting to the arc of his rush. Yeah. And that, I was like, that's it. That's, that's it. That's what competitiveness is. That's what that breeds because every other – Back, usually you'll see in a drill like that, I slipped, I lost, Reps over, let's get back up and let's get the next one. No, no, no. He's like, hey, no, maybe he, getting right up off the ground, maybe if I can just knock him off just a little bit, that'll give my quarterback time to to not get hit.
3: Yeah, so it's, a, it's the level of urgency that you're trying to create. So um, people will talk about this, like everybody wants their team to play hard, right? You hear coaches talking yeah. about playing hard or whatever, but not many coaches are willing to do what it takes to get your team to play hard not only demanding it, you got to demand, it, you got to talk about it every day. You got you to make sure that they know playing hard is a big part of our calling card. But two, you got to do drills and things that reinforces it. And you never can relent off of that vision in your head in terms of how you want your team to play. Mike Tomlin in front of you, it sounds like you put on a, a coaching clinic on how to lead and how to get your team ready to kind of live up to the standard that they've created in, in, in Pittsburgh. And I love it, man, because there is something about when a coach has command and has a clear plan for how he's going to get his team ready, they typically always respond in splendid fashion. I got a text. I
2: tweeted out some of that stuff, not in all the detail, but some of the stuff about just mm-hmm. how competitive the practice was. I get a text from a head coach in the SEC. I'll tell you about it after we get off. and says, hey, you get a minute, call me. So I call him. Hey, coach, what's going on? You guys start camp? Yeah, we just started camp. Hey, what's Tomlin doing? Like, how, why did you think he was competitive? What was he, what was he doing? And I'm like, these SEC coaches are different now. Like, this, that, that's a battle royal in that in that conference. They're looking for every advantage, every edge they can get. But he wanted I spent 20 minutes on the phone going through basically the practice, telling him how Tom was doing. He's taking notes, Buck. This is SEC head coach. A good coach. Yes, taking notes yeah. on this stuff. Because so DJ, that's the respect that that's the respect he has in the coaching world.
3: Because everybody wants that. Like, no matter what you say, and like we can laugh at it and snicker about. Oh, he's never had a losing season. There are a lot of coaches that have coached for a long time. And they know how hard that consistency is able is, yeah. is, is how hard it is to build that kind of consistency as a team builder. But also, everybody knows about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their physicality and toughness. So, DJ, in the SEC, when you're having to deal with Georgia and Alabama, and Kirby Smart is talking at every turn, it is a combat and collision sport. We bang people, mm-hmm. whatever. When everyone knows. What goes on in Alabama when you're dealing with Nick Saban and him, he talking about there's the reason why their are weight classes in boxing. You don't put middleweights in the ring with heavyweights. Yeah. The only way you can close the gap on those teams, yeah, you got to get better players. But DJ, you got to be willing to stand in the center of the ring and go toe-to-toe with them. And your guys have to know, hey man, we're gonna take some body blows, but we got to take it to give it back. And the only way you do it, man, you got to practice hard, it has to be a part of your practices.
2: Hundred percent, and you know we'll, we can talk about the the offense later on another episode. But I mean, look, it's all out there. Pickett's had a really good camp. He looks more comfortable. The offensive lines better. I've talked about big Darnell Washington. George Pickens made some highlight real catches when I was there. He's he's really good. Um, so they've they've got pieces. The uh, little running back from Maryland, I think it's Anthony McFarland, had a good day. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he kind of gets a third down roll um, as someone there. But I, as we're getting towards the end of the time here, I want to hit you on one more topic, and then we'll we'll get out of here. But I was talking to somebody with the Steelers. Brought up a great point, and he, he said, and this will lead me back to the conversation with that uh, SEC coach. So he said, man, I love it up here because we go out to camp, and he said, you know, there's only like, I think there's only like four teams that still do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who are the teams, Buck? The Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, those are three. Those are three of the four right there. Who else am I missing? Because the Raiders used to do it, but they don't do it anymore. But let's just take those three. Those, those three of the best teams in the NFL. Kansas City, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. There's a lot of winning that's gone on with those teams, and he brought up the point was one of the things it does is it allows us to connect. It allows our team to get away, and it allows them to connect, and they find value in that. So then, fast forward the conversation with the SEC coach. So we're talking about Steelers, and I asked him, I said, "What's your biggest challenge this year?" He's like, "I got thirty something new players, like transfers, to mm-hmm. go along with freshmen." Like he's like, "It's connectivity. Like how do we, how do we come together?" and connect and be a unit as a team and and, and the amount of time that we have, we, we, half these guys just got here. So connectivity. And I thought, man, th- that could be almost a competitive advantage now when there's so few teams going off to training camp. I, it's convenient to be at home. You're being your own bed. You're being your own office. But guess what? When practice ends, those players, whoosh, they're gone. They're not yeah. playing dominoes. They're not, they're not playing video games in their buddy's room.
3: No, DJ, so the, the impetus behind a lot of the stuff that goes on in locker rooms, the ping pong tables, the video games, all of that other stuff is so guys will stay around and, and, and play those games and develop a bond with one another. It's so hard in sports because pro sports are different in high school sports in terms of look, guys are playing, but everybody kind of comes in with their own agenda. But as an NFL coach, like what Tomlin is doing is, look, man, I want to coach professionals with a high school level of enthusiasm and approach meaning mm-hmm. look i understand the money or whatever but at the end of the day this is still the game that we all played in high school so i got to recreate some of the bonding and some of that connected stuff that we want because dj even you and i can talk about right now that there are not many moments that are better than those friday night lights
2: no doubt buck there's uh there's absolutely something to that uh 100 i'm with you on that one so uh fun podcast today hope you guys have enjoyed it got to touch on a lot of different things um we'll be back here Uh, A couple more episodes uh, coming your way. So we are on our way towards the NFL season, and we've got you covered right here on Move the Sticks. So uh, be on the lookout. Again, uh, we are getting towards the real first full week of preseason football, and we'll have all your recaps and, and analysis right here on Move the Sticks.
1: all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.
0: You
4: deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 414 24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a straight talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You
1: can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it any time or even upgrade it with something new. <laughs> Rent what you need.
0: It's better at errands.
2: Approval not guarantee, Restrictions apply. See store for details.
0: All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.